Hello and welcome to RTE Radio 1's The Rolling Wave podcast with me, Aoife McCormick. In this episode, we're celebrating 40 years of the organisation which supports and promotes Donegal fiddle music, Cardis Navidulary. Hello and welcome to the Rolling Wave Agus Nocht, Tommy Decrela O Hunangal, a Kellera Dahadbli and the Gorgeous Navidulary Agris Bunyach in Edig Ochto Tree. La Quave Nui Yenav Er Radishun, a Fidler of the Hunde Hunangal Agus Freshen Lataki of the Hort, the Gluen Nua Fidlery Agus Rajakushug Lin and Ochts Studio Homa. We're broadcasting from RT Radio Nagelt the Studio in Derry Bugger in County Donegal, where we're marking the 40th birthday of Cardis Navidulary, and I'm joined here in studio by a brilliant group of fiddle players, Mraid Niwaini, Quivin Mackey, Nia Niverin, Tara Conaghan, Kirat Nomaini, Claire Freel and Rab Cherry is here with us as well. Ach Peter Salanian would kinder be chance to so much tune. Ag such a couple of Highland behind the Nivray as well. Can can tell about Rusha. Sure, Roddy. Three Highland formage or Danny O'Donnell. I guess better image the Rosses Highlands out in more Hanikshishan is the Rossa. Gorgeous music, I may be biased, but there is definitely something about uh, that many fiddles playing together. That was the fantastic sound of six fiddle players uh, playing for us here in studio in Nadiri Baga, where we are celebrating 40 years of Cardis Navidulary. Rab, you don't have a fiddle with you, but I believe you have all the information. So tell me, uh, the first big Cardis Navidulary event was held in 1983. What, what was that uh, and why did it take place that year? Our first formal event... IFA was uh, Glendy's first of the Glendy's Fiddle Weekends, and it was really an attempt to formalise things which a number of people had been talking about for a while. In the late 70s, Donegal fiddle music seemed to be on a bit of a decline. There were mostly older people playing it. Didn't seem to be many younger people taking it up, and really Donegal fiddle music wasn't really held in high regard in those days which if you're um, if you're younger than 50 is probably hard to believe these days because it is highly regarded widely accepted everywhere etc but in those days it wasn't so we some people decided to just try and do something about it and basically circled the wagons a bit we had a formal event in the Highlands Hotel in Glendies put the word out among all the fiddle players that there was going to be a fiddle players gathering in Glenties and thankfully lots of the older players came. Uh, they were really uh, delighted and surprised that there were so many younger people there who were really interested in what they were playing and who went up to them and told them, I really like your music, it's fantastic, can you play for me again, etc., you know. And who, who were the young fiddle players? Were, were they local young fiddle players or were they people from, from outside the county? Largely outside. Some, some local players like Mairead, there was one of, the, one of the local people, but you had other people who had strong Donegal connections, you know, 
uh, from Derry and Dermot McLaughlin, um, who's uh, from Derry, his mother's from just over the border in Donegal, uh, Morris Bradley from County Derry, Paula Shocknessy, who against Dublin born and bred, but from a Donegal fiddle playing family, both mother and grandfather. Cueving um, McGee here, who really was the person who put it forward that would, you know, instead of talking about this, we should really try and do something. Mairead, I've, I've heard people talk before about um, how Donegal music, just as, as Rob was saying, wasn't played for, for so many years and was maybe in decline. And I, I know, for example, James Byrne talked um, about having nowhere to go and play sessions and ending up playing cards, you know, instead yes. and things like that. And, and it is, Rob is right, it is really hard to imagine that now, given how rich we know the tradition here is. So when you were growing up, for example, in your teens or in your early 20s, what was the musical landscape? Like, like, were there people? Did you know people playing? Well, my father played, yeah. <laughs> and Joe Jack O'Curran played here in Gidor, but uh, y- there was nowhere to go to play, so the sessions were kind of not happening as such. But we'd go to uh, Joe Jack's house or go to Jimmy Denny's house, which, who was a great singer as well, and we'd have sessions there. And what we were doing would be playing in the kitchen while the Joe and my father would be playing music. And then we'd be kind of dancing to the dances. My mother would teach, or Nellie Denny or somebody would teach us the dances. And next thing, we'd be playing whistles along with them or playing the fiddle along with them. And it was all very gradual and kind of house dancing. But the session started in Hudie's around the 60s, uh, late 60s. Hudie Bugg's bar, which is kind of famous now in Gidor. But um, Hudie Bugg himself came to my father one night and said... There's a crowd of students down there looking for music, so will you come down? So we were, myself and my brother, Garage, where we were supposed to be studying, and my father said, right, take the fiddles, we're out, <laughs> we're down to... So that was our first session there, and over that Easter then, we started playing a lot in Hudie Bugs, and Hudie Bug, uh, Gunyani G.O.I. here, he was very, very encouraging because he loved the songs and the music, and he kind of kept us going. But then... I remember one time when Radio and the Gilthartha started, I heard the Jarrigs playing and John Doherty. I was aware of John Doherty, but I wasn't aware of the Jarrigs uh, from Kilcar, Mickey and uh, Francie Byrne. So I got my father one day to bring me down to meet them. And that was because of Radio and the Gilthartha. It was fantastic. And we arrived in and Mickey was in the kitchen and Francie was out in the field and they came in and they played for us all day. And it was so lovely. And through that and through Carges, when Carges started, we met the likes of Con Cassidy and James and Byrne, James Byrne and John Gallagher from Ardra. And uh, there was so many amazing fiddlers like Martin McGinley's mother, Kathleen McGinley and, you know, from all over the county and different styles. And we realised how expanse this county was as regards it was like our accents from talking were different and our playing was different in correspondence to that you know and it was really interesting and when you got to know um people like con cassidy or francie jarrog or, or those people like would they they have but they would have kept their music going all through those years when there weren't outlets but then as rab was saying when there was suddenly this interest they must have been quite um well what James said to me James Byrne said to me one time we were 
it was one of the first um, fiddle schools we had in Glen Cullum Killia. And he says, you know, if you didn't start coming around here, I was stopping the fiddle. And, you know, we're just talking, if, you know, there was that little small time that we had to catch these people because James was such and is still such a, a source of old music, you know. And uh, I was so happy that he, he actually explained that to, like it was so important for these lone musicians that were living in with this vast amount of rich music, you know, that it would have died along with them. Cuivin mm. Maki, um, that thing Mairead is talking about, about that window about to close where if, if you don't catch something before it's gone, you know, like you got in sort of just in time and, and caught things. But were there, you know, in other areas of the country, there would have been collectors from RTE or the BBC or the Folklore Commission or those kinds of people coming and travelling around and recording. Did that happen in, in Donegal as well? It did happen. Uh, it did happen here. But um, um, it, it's a humorous story that kind of sums up what Rav was saying. I remember being at a conference and it was about regional styles and uh, a knowledgeable speaker stood up and he was talking about the regional styles of the country and he said, you know, you have the Sleeve Lucre style and you have the West Clare style, you have the East Clare style, you have the East Donegal style, uh, you have the Sligo style and then you have the Donegal thing. And that kind of summed up the mentality of it. It was, uh, it's something, we don't know what it is, we're not terribly interested in it, and we don't understand it. Right. And, and that's the way it was. But Mairead um, and Rob are exactly correct. There, there were, uh, at that time, uh, starting off in the first event in Glendies, you could look at every mountain peak uh, in the county and realise that either on this side of it or the other side of it, there was a fiddle player of absolute international ability and carried, as Murray said, a huge store, a, a treasure trove of music. Um, but the point was they, were, they, were, they tended to be, they were all elderly. Uh, they were all grey uh, and they were, uh, they were isolated. And it was, it was a requirement really to bring them together and, and uh, confirm the fact that we did have something that we should be proud of, that we are proud of and should be proud of. And I think that that was it. There, there, there were some motions before it. Um, uh, Paddy Glacken was working with the Arts Council and did some uh, ground, uh, ground opening work, mm -hmm. uh, which has to be acknowledged. Yes. But it, it also has to be acknowledged as well, you know, to get that momentum forward. We could, we could do sweat work, but we needed partners. And it has to be said that the Arts Council was there from literally from day one and has never been... There, there's never been a parting there at all. Um, they've been absolutely critical in everything we've done. In fact, they deserve a huge amount of the credit for whatever it is gets claimed. Uh, and as well as that, Radio Negeteta and RT1, I'm, I'm even going back to the days of the long note, where, if you like, th there, there was no mobile phone or text or anything like that. You had to hand right in to the long note and say that you were going to have an event, you know, a month beforehand, and then they would announce it. But that got to everybody, and everybody would show up. So it was very different. It was very different times, but um, as you're saying, there there was that thin thread. We, we only had before people were going to. It sounds bad to say it before they were going to start dying off. We only had a certain amount of time, and luckily enough, there were enough people um, at that time. Um, we probably thought of ourselves as adults, but we were more childlike, I think, than anything. Um, 
but um, but it, it, that that thread never got cut, mm. and that that was a critical thing. And one of the things I'm most delighted about now, looking at where we're at forty years on, is the young players who are absolutely unbelievably brilliant. I think if the old players heard them today, they would be stunned by how good they are. But you can be that good, but it's more important to have the whole package with you. And I mean, there, there's players in this room here that I'm talking about, unbelievable players. But if they know the names of the tunes, they know the, the folklore behind the origin of the tune. They can tell you who played it two and three generations back. And that's that's that treasure trove that Mairead was talking about that the old boys had and freely welcomed to give to us and and it's there and uh, I, I have no worries at all about the future um the young people if it was handed lock stock and barrel to them that they would make a fantastic job of it okay well look we've loads more to talk about but i have no intention of wasting all these six fiddle players in this room so we might have another tune and, and then we'll get back to the chat so um that's a, actually a jig, but we like oh. to confuse people here. <laughs> okay, Agus and Shin, Gusty's Frolics and Gusty's Frolics, Gallagher's March, uh, which is actually a jig, and uh, Gusty's for Alex. I had to mention a nefigillary Gallagher in the studio, and not studio in the Derry Bugga, who's in Nunangal, Oxama de Keller, that had blamed the hardest nefigillary, Agus Ben, Mareid Nivaini, Quivin Maki, Nia Nivern, Tara Conahan, Kieran O'Maini, Agus Claire Freel. Um, can you maybe, Mareid, give me a context uh, on the focus on the fiddle? Um, you know, the fiddle being the, the main instrument in Donegal, Cardis nefigillary. Why was it? Why was the fiddle so strong here traditionally, as opposed to just celebrating the repertoire or the music of the area? I think when the fiddle came in, it was able to emulate the big pipes, the Napuib Moor, which was the big, you know, that would have been the the main. Like when you hear some Donegal tunes, there's a lot of droning involved and a lot of lower. Uh, the lower octave is happening a lot. So that emulation of the Puib Moor was very important. So you're going back to medieval times nearly and the pipes were very important. So as soon as the fiddle arrived in, like people weren't able to afford fiddles, so they used to make tin fiddles and uh, fiddles out of the tea, tea, well, that, uh, uh, Rab, you know more about this, you know, those old type of yeah, fiddles. Yeah, people used to make box fiddles. Yes. Um, out of any scraps, including tea chests, which were reasonably easy to get a hold of since tea was imported around all the various shops and these things. But you, you could improvise fiddles relatively easily. What would the bow be made of then? Oh, any old stick that was, was around that you could attach a bit of hair to. Um, people did improvise a lot, like Con Cassidy um, used to talk about <laughs> Fellas literally chasing the horses around the field to get 
to get a bit of hair to rehire their bow. And Colin, Colin basically said, you, you got the bow hair, the horse's tail, and you stuffed as much of the hair into the bow as you could. And most of it would fall out again. But some of it would stay in. Yeah. So you could play. Um, I, I've been talking a lot to uh, Rab Cherry, uh, Cuivy Mackey and Maureen Niwaini who are here, who were kind of um, around for the, the early years of Cardis Navigillary. But we do have a number of fiddle players in this room as well who have benefited, I suppose, from the work that Cardis has done over the years. And um, they were all... Uh, in com- fighting with each other as to who would do the solos here. So uh, we have a volunteer. <laughs> we have a couple of volunteers. So Kieran and Wayne, a Fulcherothig and Rolling Wave. You were hearing fiddles, I presume, before you even knew what a fiddle was. But outside of your home environment, you, you know, your, your, your aunt is Moraith and your grandfather, Francie Mooney, played as well. What impact would Cordes's work have had on you growing up? Well, well, I suppose, yeah, I started here with Francie and Moraith and Frankie and Alton were going... And I remember all that going on when I was very young. And any family gathering party, there was always music. But then one of the family gatherings was always first weekend of October, you'd go to Glenty's. And an extension of that, you'd go... Uh, Mairead was always teaching down at the at the Fiddle Week in Glencolm Kill. So there would be trips down and uh, there was always great music at these things there was, it was always fiddle players people people having great fun <laughs> and you knew that if if you if you grew up to to have a, a story tunes that you'd be able to have the fun that they were having at the bar <laughs> meanwhile we were out buying bubblegum and next door and eating it in the highlands hotel up in the corner but and trying to swap our three tunes like but um Curtis is a brilliant organization uh, and i mean that from my heart because it's a such a light touch arts organisation. Uh, like the hardest thing we had to do today was try and put two tunes together that worked and we all had the same versions. I think we went through about 40 tunes there <laughs> before you came in and we couldn't agree on the same version of the same tune. It was very enjoyable to listen to. Go That's even within the same family. So let, let's imagine extensions of that around the county. But so, so that's... That's but that's the beauty of it. Mm. Like one fiddle, you go in and you go into the the into the Highlands Hotel, and the fiddle might be set on the bar counter, and someone would would lift it and play a tune, and uh, then they might be encouraged to play a second, and then it would pass around to the next fiddle player, and everybody'd have their own tune and their own way around the tune, and that would be celebrated. Mm. It's the differences that would be celebrated, mm-hmm. and these are the this is the beautiful thing about Donegal fiddle playing. It's brilliant. Nobody's the same. Mm. Everybody's accent the same. Fiddle playing is different. It, it's I I I, lo- I love it, and uh, I'm really really thankful to the 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 older members of the of the of this gathering who who, who put who put in all the dog work back in the day. <laughs> and uh, we'll move on now to your. <laughs> To your air, you're going to play a version of Easter Snow, I believe. Is that what you're going to play, or have you changed your mind? I've changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> Mairead there mentioned uh, uh, droning and whatever with the fiddle and Puy more and stuff. So I was thinking, why not play a real uh, Bannon Tea or Lair? And this is a reel that came from Biddy from Muckers, who said to have got her tunes from the fairies. Thank you. 
Holland, Gurmila Magat. Um, just just before uh, I, I move on, uh, Kieran, did you have the opportunity when you were kind of growing up to to meet some of these fiddle players, like uh, people like James Byrne or those kinds of people? Yeah, but just just maybe to emphasise some of the work that maybe Car just do that isn't seen. People chat about the Glanties uh, weekend about. Uh, the Glencon Kill Fiddle Week, but uh, I remember th- they were always giving. I I wasn't a recipient of a fiddle from, but but there were fiddles going around. Some of the fiddle teachers, the likes of Francie, would have been given fiddles to give to young younger players who mightn't have had the facility to get a fiddle. And uh, then when I was in my early to mid teens, mid teens, uh, I would have gone to classes that they ran in the winter months, maybe one Saturday a month. We would have gone to James Byrne for a couple of, for two or three years. Then it moved up to Vincent Campbell and Jimmy Campbell and they, they had these weekends going on and they were great crack where it was just maybe seven or eight kind of, uh, not that they were hand-picked fiddle players, but there, there were people who had reached maybe a standard, it looked like they might have been going somewhere and there would have been a hand put out and said, here, there's this weekend on here where and you go into I remember going into James Byrne and he's teaching you these these tunes that he was grasping at like that that he remembered Paddy Hudy or his father or some people playing and I, I just remembered this the last day and you'd be in teaching and you're you're like geez this tune nearly disappeared and I have it mm-hmm. and you're like and then there'd be another five people in the class who maybe have it you might have Eva McLaughlin from Falcara would have it or Derek McGinley and it's just what they do is brilliant, and uh, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't be the fiddle player I am, and or where I'm, what I'm doing if it wasn't for them. Tara, Tara Conahan, you're from Glenties, which of course is the home of the Highland Hotel, which is the the centre point of the Glenties Fiddle Weekend. Was there music in your family growing up, or what was your introduction into to fiddle playing? Um, well, my granny played the melodeon, um, and and. Uh, there, she was kind of from my grandparents were from up the Glen of Glenties where there would be the Glen Tavern as well and where the Campbells are from so um, I think there's all kind of connections there but I'm not quite sure of all of them um, you could be related to everybody if you went back far enough but anyway um, yeah when we, myself and Denise Boyle from Glenties as well uh, were at fiddle lessons uh, actually she was at fiddle lessons for a few years before I started um, and just uh we happened to go into the hotel on a Saturday evening for lunch or for for dinner frequently, and it was um, so we we're kind of privileged. But the, in October there would be the fiddle, all these fiddle players, um, and so I started the fiddle quite late at about twelve, and uh, myself and Denise then would kind of run around and be very excited. There was other fiddle players and you know all different ages. Not as many younger ones at that stage, but um, you know. So, but we would get to see James play, and we'd kind of try to look at the name. You know, who's that and who's that? And you go down in, in in the wee small ballroom, there'd be all the like the Con Cassidy and the Jarrocks, and, and and it was very serious in there. Like as, as we as as very very we were, like, were quite young, so we would kind of come out. But um, you know, you didn't appreciate them until till it was too late, really. But um, it was good crack. Like we saw that there was like what Kieran said. You know, you could see that if you were going to keep playing music, there was going to be fun had. And I was like, I could definitely do that for the rest of my life. Mm. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is the life for me. Yes. <laughs> and what a, what a lovely environment to be learning music in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think Cara, just because that Fiddler's Weekend was on and then the Fiddle Week in Glen Conwell Kill, it kind of gave me um, 
like I was learning music um, from Seamus Sweeney from Ballyshannon who taught a load of people around Glenties and Duncan Ailey and Aidan O'Donnell and um, Damien McGeehan uh, and myself and Denise and um, you know, but there was this kind of there was there was kind of a missing kind of network link where we were all, you know we we rarely kind of linked up with all those musicians but Carriages was there to have it and it was to be that link um, and then you got to go to the workshops with James Byrne during the fiddle week or at, and and those other I was the kind of those mentoring kind of workshops kind of started when I was a wee bit later but um, you know you got to you just got to a sense of pride out of the music because it was from your own county. And I, like you were like, oh God, I didn't know that was, you know, and that's a Donegal tune. And you suddenly became really proud of it. And then, uh, you know, you got you got deeper into it. It was kind of like a, you know, a gateway into deeper and deeper and deeper. So um, further in the deeper. <laughs> <coughs> Would you play us a tune? Um, I could. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind if it's solo or duet or, but uh, what, yeah. what would you play? Well, I was going to play uh, something from the from Jimmy Campbell, a, a tune or the, the Campbells used to play. Um the, it's called Highlands, um, Hugh Yawns and Path for the Riggs, um, and they're all around the Glen Glenties people. So, excellent. And I think some people are going to join in for the second one. <laughs> While we're on the subject of um, they were Highlands and the repertoire of Donegal music is fantastic. There's all, there's there's so much variety. There's the the waltzes and the jigs and the reels, but also the Highlands and the mazurkas. And I know you have a mazurka. You yeah. might play that for us and and tell. Oh me yes, what well, it is. Uh, the, the the first mazurka here is an unusual one uh, that we got from my father, Francie Mooney. He got it from his mother, Rosha Rosha Moya, and she would have known the Puyper Moore, who was uh, Tarla Maxthemnia, who actually died in 1916. So uh, he was kind of pre-famine, as Kevin always chats about, this tune must be pre-famine tune, you know, so it's a very old tune. And uh, the second tune is... Uh, what What's the second tune? It's kind of more common Donegal uh, mazurka. But they never had names for these mazurkas, you know, so... It's really strange, like the Highlands. They just say, play a few mazurkas there and play a few Highlands, but they never had a name. So you just named them after the people you got them from, you know.
Absolutely beautiful music played there by Maradney Waney, Quivin Mackey, Niani Vern, Tara Conahan, Kieran O'Maney, and Claire Freel Augustamit. And so a Kellora that had been the gorgeous Navigilary. Um Rab and a Quivin, I know that my way into the music of Donegal, and I'm sure it was the same for many, many people from outside of, of Donegal, was through your CDs and the many CDs that Cardis has released. And um, one thing that that really comes across in them, and it's come across, I think, in this whole conversation tonight, is it's not just about the tunes, you know, it's it's about the people who played them, the places they were from, the folklore behind them, the stories, and all of that you managed to get into those packages. What did you start with when you when you started with those? Before we started to publish our own CDs uh, under our Cardis and the Fidelity label, um, some of us were involved with some CDs published by Clado Records. Uh, the first of those being the brass fiddle, which is now a classic. An it's classic, classic yeah. yeah, which featured Francie Jarrah, Con Cassidy, James Byrne, and Vincent Campbell. Basically, we everybody did a dage, so we actually recorded in a bedroom in the Boyle's house, uh, the Boyle's around the Highlands Hotel. hadn't had planned originally to record in the hotel, but we didn't take the plumbing into account. So, uh, story of my life, Rob. Story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, there were all these extraneous noises that we couldn't get rid of. So um, we actually used a bedroom in uh, Johnny Boyle's house. It was running the hotel. Everybody played really well. Recorded loads of stuff, and as a spin-off, then that led to James Burns' Road to Glenlock. Uh, LP as it was at the time as the brass pedal was originally issued on vinyl as well mm. and after those then cards we decided okay we can do this ourselves so we have now a big series of of a sort of just pretty straight straight solo and some duets no, music but- but they're, but they're fantastic and often you'll get voice clips of people on them and things as well, which give you a sense of the person as well, you know, talking and telling stories about tunes and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it gives, gives you an insight into the character of, yeah. the, of the person as well, just to hear their voice or and, you know, when you can hear their sort of their humour coming out, like some of the Colin Cassidy clips really, really give you a sense of how um, mischievous Colin was, you know. Again, another RTE connection uh, that has to be acknowledged in those recordings is the work of Harry Bradshaw. Uh, Harry is, I I think in terms of traditional music, internationally speaking, I I think Harry is one of the greatest sound men uh, for working with traditional musicians to put excellent recordings uh, commercially available. And um, Harry literally every on every occasion went above and beyond the call of duty, and and he his hand is pretty heavy in all of that in a very positive way. Um, I have two other fiddle players here that I haven't spoken to yet tonight. I have Claire Freel and Nia Niverin. Claire, tell me a little about you and your introduction and and the role that Cardis might have played in your um, music. Um, I was born and brought up in Glasgow. Like many people in Donegal, um, my parents and grandparents had to move to Scotland for work. And over there, um, we didn't have... We grew up listening to traditional music all of our lives, but we didn't really understand um, the draw of Donegal fiddle music until a bit later. Um, My grandmother was a beautiful fiddle player and a lovely singer. There was always music in the house, Um, but we would come over back here, back home for for our summers and school holidays and that kind of thing. And uh, we were playing a bit of music and... 
um, realised quite quickly that there were sessions around. We were quite lucky that we were growing up a, at that time where we could go to Hudies on a Monday or a Friday and we'd miss school on the Tuesday and the, the Thursday uh, just to make the session. And uh, we were very, very, very lucky that we um, we were completely... Um, taken under Francie Mooney's wing. He was so kind to us. He'd stop a session of 20 fiddle players flying uh, in Hudies and myself and my two older sisters, um, he would say, right, play a tune or sing a song or or he would want to teach us the tunes. So he would play two tunes, two of mazurkas and uh, he would have everyone play them so slowly, about 20 times each <laughs> and say, right, girls, come on, you know, and that was our introduction to, well, you know, learn by ear and, and you're jumping in kind of in the deep end there but we were kind of we were so well looked after here um, and then we'd heard there were um, uh, kind of workshops and that kind of thing south of the county um, and development uh, we only got to that later on <laughs> um, but um, I, we had the kind of opportunity to learn with Tommy Peoples and James Byrne and and then uh Everyone in this room, I think, apart from Nia, because she's too young. But everyone, uh, everyone, I think I had a lesson from. So I was really, really lucky. And then later got to find out that um, my grandmother was, uh, like I was saying, she's a beautiful fiddle player. And there was a lot of music in the house and during a mantra here. Um, but she had worked in the Crawley factory, the Crawley doll factory. Um, but she only lasted a few days, I think, um, because she quickly realised that you could make a lot more money playing the fiddle um, for a night for a dance uh, than you would in a week in the factory. So she played. Um, her older brother Paddy was also a fantastic fiddle player, and when he was too busy playing football, she would take his gigs and and go and play. So she got to play with the likes of Neely Boyle, and uh, and that kind of thing. So we were completely taken aback when we heard that, but we were so lucky that. There was a, a, you know, a place that Cara just created for all of us to go and learn music when I didn't even know that um, the Donegal fiddle music was so strong um, in the family, but also all around. There were workshops everywhere. And also the the recordings that were released, everything was so important. The Cara just created this gorgeous network of people, of people who loved Donegal fiddle music, of sessions, of workshops, of recordings, of archival material, of everything that, that just made it so easy for us to fall in. Um, and there was devilment all around. So when we, we got to go to all of these sessions, we could see there was so much fun. You, you know, it's a fiddle would be... the common team, it's the common team. Well, a fiddle would be passed around and, well, if you didn't play, well, you couldn't be part of the fun. So um, you, you just played. So we were just so lucky to have been brought up around all of that and to have access to all that material and to all of these fantastic people. So. And Nia, you know, the, 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 the sort of um, cultural landscape that Mairead was talking about earlier of, you know, uh, people playing in their own homes or no sessions happening, that kind of thing, that must be completely <laughs> alien to you, <laughs> having grown up in yeah. Donegal in the last sort of 20 years. Well, I've always been surrounded by music on my mum and dad's side and... I guess I kind of grew up learning my tunes with the car, just the workshops in Glen and Glenties and also in Hughity Bugs. That's where I'd get most of my repertoire from. And um, I have to thank Car just as well. That's where I've met all my lifelong friends now, all the Donegal fiddle players. And we met at the Car just workshops in Glenties and in Glen. And we, cannot, we, we all have the same tunes now, thanks to teachers like Martin McGinley and Derek McLaughlin. They were 
playing us tapes of the Doherty's and Cogcassidy and stuff. So we get to take those tunes now and start playing them in places like Meltdown. I remember the first time I went to Meltdown, it was like an alien experience. I had none of the tunes. <laughs> <laughs> I had just Donegal repertoire and I went back the next year. I was like, jeepers, I have to start playing these Donegal tunes for other people to learn them now. Excellent. Okay. <coughs> Actually, Claire, I think yourself and Nia are going to play a tune for us. What are you going to play? Yes, myself and my partner in crime here. <laughs> we're going to play uh, two reels for you. Two reels that are very common around all of the sessions, all around Donegal. Um, we're going to play McCall's and then go into Dinkies. Fantastic music from Claire Freel and Niverin Gormila Mahagi. Mairead, it's interesting because we've four women fiddle players in this room now playing, and um, and Claire mentioned her granny. And yes. but in the sort of the big names that maybe are on the CDs and that we would know from the Donegal tradition, there do, there weren't that many women, or were there, or did, no, did they not record? Or there weren't that many women um, because I remember when I was growing up, like I was fiddle mad, like all I wanted to do was learn the fiddle, and. Uh, I never thought thought of gender, to be honest with you. I just wanted to play the tunes and play the music. And it was other people who'd say, why is there a girl playing? You know, and I I never thought of it. Uh, And I want to thank my father and all the other male players who made me feel just part of the music rather than there wasn't a gender thing involved. But then realised that it was kind of lopsided as regards... Uh, there was a, a supposedly a fiddle player in Gartha Hark named Nyabula, and she was looked upon as being a, a, a strange woman because she played the fiddle. And uh, I remember as well the great Kitty Cunningham, Kitty Kitty Shen from Teelan. She wanted to learn the fiddle, and she was a fiddle player at one stage, but she was stopped because it wasn't the done thing. But uh, luckily I came along and really I wasn't thinking about gender at all. I was just wanting to learn the pl- to play the fiddle. And Francie Jarrick said to me one night, and your husband allows you to play the fiddle? And I said, and I allow him to play the flute. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was just not a thing. But what's happening now, the gender balance is happening and it's fantastic. Mm. And there, it shouldn't be one or the other you know it should be everyone should just enjoy playing and it really is to do with the repertoire and the people who gave, who generously gave us the tunes and who you know all we want to do is just preserve this music it's fantastic music it's it's deep it's old it's old music it's different to the rest of the country to be honest with you mm-hmm. and uh, it's something to be proud of absolutely um Look, thank you all very much. Um, 
Congratulations to you all. Um, and I've no doubt that it'll go from strength to strength and the, the musicians in this room are testament to that. Um, so thanks a million for coming along tonight. Nini Vern, Tara Conahan, Claire Freel, Agus Kieran O'Maney, Agus Rab, Cherry Ernoi, Agus Ernoi, Gurmahagav Shisawalis, Uchtve, Geistucht, we're at the Gulla Creation, the tree reel, well, in Carthagam, the silver slipper. Oh, she, Shinkina, the port, uh, port Lewis, good, or the port, uh, for Honey, be, be douse for Honey, and Tisha Maskanda. Double jig, I guess, portless get on. I guess, uh, in Shintamich Gullish to hand Glen Road to Carrick, I guess, Leslie's reels. Gurmila Maggot. Gurmagot, I guess, the Rishko Hardicus, like Carson of Vigilary, Ernoberguler, I guess, when Erfad and Shogadi and Tam, Hena and Tacht and Shogan, Ehua. Thanks for listening to the Rolling Wave podcast. For rights reasons, the music here is shorter than in the original broadcast. So if you'd like to hear the full tracks, you can go to rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash the rolling wave. And this programme was first broadcast on the 28th of May, 2023. Good day and Gurmila Mahagi, Agaslan.